This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Emily Wise. Emily is a mom, wife, and podcast manager. She's worked in many fields, including medical and sales, and found her love of all things podcast through working as a general VA. She is also launching two podcasts of her own. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me on your show. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? So that's kind of interesting um, because I always hated technology and I was very afraid of it. Way back when I graduated high school, I joined the army and ended up getting discharged for a disability about a year and a half later. Married, moved around all over the place, just did a variety of jobs in doctor's offices, hospitals, went through part of a nursing program, realized I hated working in hospitals, (laughs) left that, just did all sorts of stuff. Um, my last job was a salesperson selling mattresses and I hate salespeople. So that was really fun, but I ended up quitting that. It was very stressful. I was working all the time, never saw my family. My husband and I decided that it would be okay if I quit my job to stay home with our daughter before she went to kindergarten. And we ended up needing some more income when she went back to school and I looked around for jobs I could do from home. I settled on virtual assistant. I found a great company called Time Etc. and started working through them and started learning all sorts of cool stuff. Through them, I got a couple clients that I was helping with their YouTube channels and their podcasts and really, really, really started to love it. Podcasting is so cool. It's, It's a different format than a radio show or a TV show and It's just a lot of fun. And so I decided to specialize in just podcasting YouTube support. I figured I probably should start a podcast and a YouTube channel and show people that I can do it (laughs) before they hire me, right? So that's how I got here. No, that's great. And I think uh, if you're able to, I I encourage everyone. I mean, it's a good, you know, branding opportunity as well as, you know, showing your expertise and then showing who you actually are, you know, as an individual or makes you unique. And like we talked offline, it doesn't have to be, uh, and it shouldn't be overly salesy. It should represent who you are and what you're about. Because oftentimes when you go to a conference or a networking event, it's just that top level, hey, how are you? What do you do? It's not with a podcast in 15, 20 minutes, you can really drill down and get to know a person like really deep. Yeah, just listening to somebody talk. The way that they talk, the way that they listen, the way they respond, it it's you learn a lot yep and uh i switched over to an interview format last march after my grandfather passing in february and i think i did it for a reason it was like very therapeutic and i've gotten something out of each interview and sometimes we've talked about you know certain traumatic things sometimes we didn't but i think it was a great like uh therapeutic mechanism for me to get me through that time and it's you know i kind of ran with that format yeah i could see that i've I've tried the therapeutic 
thing. I, I have CPTSD from being raised by a narcissistic mother and, uh, and my husband has combat related PTSD. And so I tried going on a podcast and talking about that and it was a little too emotionally heavy. So I tend to stray away from too deep stuff now, but I can see how a lot of people would really like to do that, you know, and it could be really cathartic for, for them. Yeah, and I think uh, leaving it up to the guests and having the conversation go wherever it naturally goes. Because, like you said, if you don't want to share something, you won't necessarily, you know, touch on it. So, getting as deep as as you want, as you know, top level as you want, and still adding value either way. Definitely. So, what motivates you to succeed? A big one is my family. Uh, if I don't succeed, I have to go back and work outside of my home, and I. With our family dynamic, that doesn't tend to work as well. Um, I have a teenager and a seven-year-old. I'm now homeschooling the seven-year-old. Public school didn't work out so well. So, you know, if, if I can't work from home, then I can't do that stuff. I can't be here to make dinner and take care of our dogs and love to say keep the house clean, but with two kids and three dogs, it doesn't happen. So, yeah, it's definitely, and I love helping people. So if I can have somebody who really loves doing their podcast and they hate writing their show notes every week and they hate updating their website and they're dreading all that, if I can take that from them, I'm a happy girl. And then they're happy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very, it's a very key component in the podcast podcast process because the listener doesn't see how many things really go into, you know, editing the audio, doing the actual interview or the show itself, recording getting, like I said, the audio to sound as good as possible for the audience, then promoting it, you know, creating the show notes. If you do a transcript, creating the transcript, putting it, if you do video format on YouTube and other platforms, putting it on your website. So there's very, there's a lot of steps. I mean, right now I have 34 episodes in queue. So it's just like, it's it's like a conveyor belt in terms of like everything has to be regimented because if you're like a one person show, you can fall behind really quickly. Oh, it's exhausting. And then you add in like an audiogram and images for the different social media platforms because Facebook is a different size than LinkedIn and blah, blah, blah. It, it gets to be a lot. It gets to be a lot for one person. Um, I'm doing all my own editing right now and... I've promised myself that as soon as I can afford an editor, it's the first thing I'm outsourcing. Yeah, I mean, I have to outsource some of it. I, I actually enjoy, like I didn't, I wasn't in audio editing or like a sound engineer, but I like learned because I was interested in the process. Mm-hmm. And now I actually like doing it, but now I don't have the time to do so. So yeah. now I can do it if I need to, but I need to, you know, take that off my plate. Yeah. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? So I was diagnosed with um, Asperger's just a couple of years ago. So I'm in my mid thirties and I always thought just something was wrong with me, right? I didn't quite connect with people the way I wanted to. I would totally nerd out about things that maybe other people didn't have an interest in. and then just need to go and be by myself for a while because I'd get very overwhelmed and anxious and blah, blah, blah. So learning that, I've actually been able to use that to my advantage. I get to be very personable on video and with people in limited amounts of time. 
and then have learned to kind of take care of myself so that I have the energy to keep doing it. But also that, that love of doing research and learning new things has helped me tremendously because I don't have to come back and ask you a million times what you need. I know I can go Google it and f- pretty much find it on my own and work it out. And that's something a lot of my clients have appreciated. Um, and then I can teach my kids to do the same thing because uh, my daughter's the same way I am. So that's why public school wasn't working very well for her. So, and then helping, being able to help her as a mom and recognize what she's feeling and what she's going through and being able to help out and say, Hey, instead of being like, ah, why are you acting this way? I can be like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Let's try this. Not that it always works because I am human. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's important, obviously, you know, you're diagnosed with the condition, but in general for people to have an emotional IQ to understand and have empathy to situations or how other people approach certain situations or you, because you're not, you know, another person isn't going to handle a situation or interaction with you like you would, you know, handle it. So you yeah. shouldn't expect someone to come at it with the same mindset because oftentimes, you know, why didn't they do it this way? Or why did they say it like that? Well, one, it's a totally different person. And then, you know, two, there's things going on there. You know, there's maybe emotional stuff, emotional turmoil, stuff going on in their personal lives or, you know, a diagnosed condition. So, mm-hmm. And it's been one of those things where I really had to look and say, okay, am I being too rigid with this one thing? Do I need to give a little bit? Because I have the tendency to want everything to fall in boxes and go a certain way. And working at these other places around groups of people, I realize now that that's why that didn't always work out so well, because I just couldn't I had a hard time seeing it from their perspective and I've gotten a little bit better at that. Um, but it's been a major effort. You really have to, especially when you communicate through email a lot or texting, you need to just think about where the other person is coming from because they are probably not going to react the same way as I am. Um, and I either need to not read so much into it and get upset or read into it a little bit more and be a little more understanding. (laughs) Yeah. And with that, and, you know, a virtual it's 2020. So there's a lot of parts of the economy. People are virtual or on the move or simply if they have an internet connection working from anywhere in the world. So like you said, the email example, if you get an email and it may sound passive aggressive or may not either uh, breaking it down a little bit from the person that it's, you know, coming from or not looking too much into it, like you said, depending on the situation. Because oftentimes you can just give a general response and not, you know, inflame the situation uh, and find some kind of workaround because oftentimes you don't necessarily have to fight a battle because there's not one there. But if you, you know, approach a situation a certain way, it may escalate for, you know, both parties involved. I think that's where technology hinders personal relationships because you can't see their facial expression and their body language on an email. Um, I use the Grammarly Chrome extension when I write now and when I write emails. So I'm always going for that little smiley face in the corner because <laughs> if it's the neutral face, I need to like make it sound happier. And that's helped a lot. Yeah. Even, well, some people just added, they'll, they'll be super passive aggressive and then put a smiley face emoji at the end, like <laughs> no. kind of like soften it a little bit. No, it doesn't work. You can still tell they're being passive aggressive. Like I'm, I really, I'll read an email like three or four times sometimes just to make sure that I don't sound like a jerk. Um, it takes a lot more time than it should, but I think it's worth it. 
Yeah, and like you mentioned, I think with technology, we're like as connected more so than we've ever been, but also more disconnected than we've ever been with technology. So like we have access to the world, but we're not being personal. We're not seeing other people, people's emotions, their perspectives, their point of views. It's just kind of on the go, you know, this, that, like, comment, share kind of mindset. Yeah. And we're not experiencing the world either um, because we can see it in a picture. So why would we go do it? You know, that's, I think we need to get better about that, but I think that's a different comment thread. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's also social as pretty much a highlight reel so you're not seeing uh, nobody's really putting well some people sharing what they've went through what to what they uh where they got or what they accomplished or what they're going through now just you know i got xyz or i'm doing so and so but they don't see like the depression or the late nights or this and that all the struggles because people don't necessarily want to like it they don't want to I guess expose that within themselves or put light on it like if when it's a in, internal conflict within them as well. Well yeah, we want it, we want everything to look like it was effortless and we're so good at it that we don't ever have any issues. Um, you know, we're excelling at life or adulting or business. There is no struggle, right? Because we don't want to let anybody see that part of us. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience? <laughs> um to quote Shia LaBeouf, just do it. <laughs> so, you know, if you, if there's something you want to do, like quitting that job, you know, it was a good job. It was a good paying job. I was an area manager for a few stores, company car, blah, 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 blah. Right. I was so stressed, but I was so afraid to quit because I was afraid that our financials would suffer and whatever, you know, you start freaking out about, oh, we're not going to be able to eat. It worked out fine. It worked out fine. Um, So you don't need to have four years of plans put in place. Go with your gut. If something is hurting, stop it. If something feels like it's the right thing to do, go do it and stop being afraid about it. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, people overthink certain decisions and want it to be the perfect time. It's never going to be the, the perfect time. And if you want to start something or do something or go a different direction, you might as well do it now because I mean, you're, if you tried it, you're not going to necessarily regret it. If you, you know, failed at it, it, you can use it as a learning experience to take something positive out of, out of it and then pivot. But if you don't do it at all, that's the kind of things people, you know, 20, 30, 40 years are laying there. You know, what if it's all the what ifs, what if I did this? What if I did that? It's simply just starting and, if you can't like, okay, 24 seven, I'm going to, you know, focus everything on it. Do it on the side a little bit, transition into it. You know, not everyone's exactly. journey is the same. I mean, you don't, you don't want to look back in 30 years and say, man, I really wish I had done that. So just go, go do it and have fun and be nice to people while you're doing it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think for me, uh, adding value and just kind of being as authentic as possible because online even you know in person there's a lot of phoniness and a lot of people looking for something um in return and just you know either going on a show doing interviews you know writing putting information out there in terms of my expertise and my experiences and not really asking for anything in return just kind of adding to my overall legacy of what yeah, i'm giving I think back that to those there around. is a lot of merit in giving more than you take 
And so when you're having these relationships, I mean, not, not allowing people to like suck you dry, but to give value, give good things, give kindness, whatever you can, it's just good for everybody involved, especially you. You're the one that actually ends up benefiting the most. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find yeah, you? Yeah, so you can find me at wiserva.com. It's the best place. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Emily Wise. I'm on Facebook a little bit, probably more than I should be. But wiserva.com is my website Yeah, if you need any help with anything. And then the podcasts that are oh, going to yes. be launched. I guess I should mention those. Uh, the Bad Clients podcast will be airing. You will be my guest on there at some point. Uh, and then the other one is I'm co-hosting a podcast called Dark Spirits. Uh, Bad Clients is pretty self-explanatory, right? Dark Spirits is about um, haunted places and alcohol. So literal dark spirits like whiskey and... Nice. Yeah, it's supposed to be a lot of fun. Um, the, the co My co-host is awesome. She's amazing. And it's going to be a great time. So bad clients is more of a business where we kind of talk about our bad client experiences and then on what we learned for them. And the hope is that if you're dealing with a bad client situation or you are a bad client and you didn't realize it, you can change things up a little bit and make life a lot easier for everybody. That's awesome. I really appreciate you stopping by today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.